0: and welcome to the first episode of the Rugby Collective podcast with me, Will Hartshorn, and my good friend, James Sugrave. How are we doing, James?
1: Yeah, I'm good, mate. Looking forward to some rugby, I guess.
0: I know. It's been a while since we've seen the uh, Lions on our screen, so definitely looking forward to some Premiership rugby. Um, here at the Rugby Collective, we're going to be looking at mainly Gallagher Premiership, but when Six Nations and Rugby World Cup come around, we will definitely be doing some content on those two. Um, so, what we're going to do first is we're going to look at a bit of recruitment. Um, so, I know James has got a couple of names on his list that he's excited to see uh, next season.
1: Yeah, well, new season, new players, isn't it? So, got quite a lot of recruitment. I don't know, some of it's more out, outgoings than ingoings I'm looking at, I think. Yeah, but for
0: sure.
1: I think one of the big ones, you're looking at your 10s that are coming in and you're looking at, for Gloucester, you've got Adam Hastings and, well... Since they lost Cipriani, has they had a player to step in like that? I guess
0: not. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's going to be interesting as well with Hastings because obviously he had quite a large injury last season. Um, yeah. So he's a while out of rugby. He came in and played mainly fullback um, over in Scotland. He also so,
1: got a couple of red cards, didn't
0: he? A, a yeah, yeah, he did. So it's going to be interesting. I, I know I, I went to watch... Um, the pre season game against Ealing at King's Home, just gone. we had his first few minutes for King's Home, uh, for, um, at King's oh, Home Ealing. for Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't think he quite had the impact that he wanted to have on the game. Um, but that's probably to be expected with the. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes when
1: players like that, it's try, a bit trying too hard, isn't it? You're trying yeah. to make an impact. He was a sub winning.
0: So, he did. He came on in the second half. And he also came on when a lot of the uh the academy boys who haven't had too many senior minutes came on. Yeah, so he's
1: coming trying to make a big impact. He's start overplaying it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I, th- I think the thing with with Hastings for this season is, is when you look at the wide players for, for Gloucester, you really want to unlock the likes of Thorley, Zamet, May, Carreras, even some of the younger players coming through. All really exciting out wide, and we haven't really had a player to, to to really spread that ball out wide. So yeah, you almost
1: need like a facilitator rather than a player. You don't need a, um, a, a Marcus Smith almost who's going to run the game like and make everything. You just need someone who can get the ball to those star players. And
0: yeah, definitely. And I'd say Gloucester have quite a bit of decent players through through the centres as well. You look at Atkinson and Harris, and Harris specifically had a. Unbelievable year last year, really. Um Yeah.
1: Although you would look at him potentially his strongest suit is his defence rather than his attack.
0: Yeah, but, that is that is true. But that is true. Yeah,
1: I think, and that they, and again, you could look at them and say, Shh, are they the players that are going to allow you the ball to go out to the wingers? Because you look at Atkinson, even twelve trees, they all like a bit of a truck up, don't they? They're not necessarily the yeah. players who're going
0: yeah i i get it. especially when you mention atkinson now i think one of atkinson's main skills is is driving the line and knowing when to step in and then then give the offload i think one of gloss's biggest issues with that is it was often someone mainly like a prop i remember a lot last season that that atkinson would make a great break look for the offload and it was val for a, part of a ruskin on his own trying to run the support line and and that's not always going to be your, your best friend, especially when you could have had a sort of a, a quick scrum half, or maybe maybe Harris sort of sat outside waiting for that ball. But but no, I, I agree. I think Hastings definitely gonna be one to watch this this season.
1: Yeah. Um you also look at so Bath, well, technically Cipriani came in last year, but I don't think he actually played, or if he did, he played like one game. Um, yeah. so he's gonna be a big one for Bath. Uh I mean, he's not going to get a great reception from the Gloucester fans, I can imagine. But, um, yeah, bringing him in, Priestland's just left. So, he, he, they're going to have to really change it. The game where Priestland was much more of a steady, a bit more of a facilitator, as you said. He'll do the kicks, he'll, but he's not going to create too much where Cipriani, at his best, is arguably one of the best ends in the world.
0: So. Yeah, and I, I think what when Cipriani plays, he plays his best rugby when he has full control over that backline.
1: Mm. And
0: I suppose it depends really on on how much freedom Bath are going to give him, really, because you, well, Bath are I one think- of those sides where you look at it, you look at the 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 actual roster and the team sheets that they're putting out, and they have a pretty incredible incredible oh, squad, yeah. really.
1: For me, Bath are possibly one of the biggest underachievers. I mean it's a big statement to say in our first podcast, but
0: um <laughs> gonna lose a few uh, batter fans think, on that. One.
1: When you look at their back line, they've got half of England's back line in that in mm. there and, and all, all players who've been capped previously. So they've got all the makings of a very, very strong team, and then they never seem to quite click. Or or maybe that is the problem. They have almost too many internationals when it comes to the Six Nations Awesome Internationals, they lose too many players. I'm not sure. But
0: um I suppose you I'll, could look at it. That is a very smart bit of business to bring in someone like Cipriani, who they know at full flight can be one of the best tens in the world, really, um, and obviously it isn't going to be tied up to any international duties. So, that's true. Hopefully, we'll, we'll be sticking I mean around.
1: Cipriani is, as you saw, pretty much it is. Was it there at Gloucester for two seasons? I think.
0: I I he think think saw one. Yeah, two, two in a game. I think.
1: Two in a bit, yeah. But he was there first season Premiership Player of the Season. Second season the wheels came off. And yeah. I know there were some external factors to that, but he he went from the best player in the league to, you you would back most of your academy tends to do better than what he was doing. I think it was against Quinns where he threw about three intercepts in exactly the same fashion. Um, yeah. Self-destruct mode. So you would worry, I think. But if you're a Bar fan, you, you've got to hope that he brings his game that he had in his first season at Gloucester.
0: Yeah, and I I suppose from a Bath fans' uh, perspective, it is literally sort of polar opposites from what Priestland has. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be quite exciting for Bath if if he if he finds his feet um, and hits the ground running. Then I think Bath are going to be quite a serious threat this year.
1: I think, though, looking at their team, one of their big players that they've lost is Zach Mercer, and I think okay, you've got. Falatao, I believe Falatao is still there, so yeah. may not feel that initial. But for me, he was one of the leading players for their team. A bit of big personality in the um, change room. He's come through the academy. He seemed to be really on the on his way up, but he's obviously gone to France, I, I believe, for more money. I guess, but I don't really
0: know. Yeah, as you say, is that most what? What a technical talent he is, really. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of your all round eight. That that just gets around the park and and hugely influential on both sides of the ball, and and you say they've got Falautau, but how often is Falautau going to be there with with the Autumn Nations as well as the Six Nations? Um, that
1: is true, and also he is quite injury prone. Yeah,
0: so uh, going to be an interesting time for Bath in that in that respect. But yeah, I, I agree. I think Sibriani is a smart Stubb. bit of business. Oh
1: yeah, sorry, I was just going to say they also lost Elliot Stuke who was. Not a flashy um, second row at all, but he's he's quite a big unit, does the hard work. And if you lose a couple of your big guys in the engine room, you might struggle a bit more.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. He always sort of flew under the radar, didn't he, Stuke? But at the same time, he always did everything sort of quietly well. Um, Yeah, I I think they are going to be a team to watch. But how often do we say that at starts of seasons when you look at Bath and say... They've got a cracking squad, but are they going to be able to utilise it? Yeah, for
1: me, consistently, they've had top four or five teams in the league or by roster, and then you look at it in league positions and they're nowhere near, I don't think.
0: No, no, I'd agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, A player I've got a keen eye on this season, and I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of this name, is uh, Vea Fafita not sure if that's right at all but um for wasps he he looks like um an absolute machine to be honest
1: so where is he playing sorry i'm not too um
0: so he plays in the back row um most of the time he's come over from the hurricanes um he's he's a hell of a unit to be honest and yeah he just he, he he's just i think he's going to be what bath need um and i know you say that with um with sort of some of the players that they have you look at the likes of a dog who really kicked on last season being like hugely physical for for a player of his position and i just think he really could bring that sort of attacking threat for for wasps this year as well as being super like very capable on defense as well And i know he's had a few um uh all black caps as well which is obviously always a plus point um But, yeah, he's definitely going to be one of the players on my radar this year, I think.
1: Yeah, I think Wasps are an interesting one. They've had a lot of players leave. But then when you look at their league position, they weren't particularly... A lot of them, you'd say they had a fairly good team, but a lot of them weren't performing, I guess. When you look at some of their results, they were very up and down. I think that's what you saw at the end of last season uh, and the season before, really. They were either they'd go on these runs where they'd win eight games in a row and then they'd lose the next eight. Like they were very, they're very hot and cold. Um, was and obviously losing, I can't say his name, but Lima Sopuoga is that how you say it? I don't know, something like He that. was big, big influence for them. Um, and as well, they lost Velicott, so that is another loss. In the obviously, uh, Robson started. But when Robson goes away with England, which you presume he does a bit more now, Ben Youngs is getting on a bit. I think yeah. for me, Dan Robson's possibly the second number nine for England or definitely under Eddie Jones. Maybe you could argue Spencer. But
0: well, you could also argue Randall really coming into this year. Yeah,
1: you could. Um, but I think for me, Eddie Jones, I mean, I've got a lot of in the England team where it is, you could go on all day. But I think...
0: You can't really predict it, can you, to be Dan honest? Dan Robson's
1: probably Eddie Jones' second number nine behind Ben Young.
0: You'd think so. You'd definitely think so. And I think I think on the topic of Wasps as well, we just spoke about Elliot Stook um, for Bath, obviously going into the Wasps side now, um, could be one of those players that that continues what he did at Bath and just quietly puts in those good performances. And I always find when, when I watch Elliot Stook, he's always been a bit of a, a disruptor. He always just gets himself in the way to to make a, a nuisance bad, of himself.
1: Yeah, player to come up against.
0: Him. Yeah, he's just one of those sort of a, a bit of a gritty player that just just gets the he just wins things and and sort of gets gets his own team on on the front foot, which I think is a a massive thing really in in today's game. Yeah, um, I think at, you look
1: at Hugard going there because yeah. I think what he's done for Worcester for the last several years, he's really. Sean at nine in a at times very weak team and he's he single-handedly helped them push up the league so I think when you look at Hugard going there that could be a big one and especially as we said with Robson potentially being away big chunks of time
0: Yeah and I, I think to sort of segue a little bit um, you look at Hugard and what, what influence he's going to have on Wasps but I think when you're you're looking at him I think you you should really look at the the sort of detrimental effect they're going to have on Worcester by leaving, um, yeah. and as you say, really was one of the spotlight players for them um, in recent times when they they didn't really have an awful lot to celebrate. But um, yeah, on the topic of Worcester, I think I think we could probably agree that they've won this this recruitment uh, period. Um, well, I
1: think when you look at their team and where they were. I, I think they won against Irish on the first game of last season, and then they never won another game on the pitch. I might be wrong, but I believe that's correct.
0: Yeah, so I think you are correct, yeah.
1: They needed the reinforcements. But as we were talking about nines, yeah, Willie Hines from Gloucester, I think, is a smart bit of business. He brings a lot of experience. Obviously, he's played for England. Um, and, yeah, he, he can completely control a game. He's a slightly different player to Hougar. But he's not going to be as explosive or sniping, but he can control your game if you want a box kick. And yeah, that sort of thing. He's going to be your man, really.
0: Yeah, I'd agree, and I think they've they've perfected this season in terms of recruitment with signing your players like Willie Hines, and you've also got Scott Baldwin, which I think is massive after the season that he's just had for for Quinns, and someone like that is going to bring so much on the pitch, but also a lot off the pitch as well. Um, yeah,
1: Matt Garvey as well, another one yeah. who's vastly experienced in the Premiership.
0: Yeah, I think I think for me, one of the interesting ones, obviously you've got to mention Duan van der Merwe and um, Rory Sutherland after both having pretty amazing years, really, and uh, both getting their first Lions Caps, which is van der Merwe a hell of for, an achievement.
1: So Worcester is... Unbelievable. How uh, I'm not really sure how they managed to get that. Although a lot of players seem to be getting trying to get out of Scotland. But um yeah, getting that is a big big marquee sign I think that, that potentially led to other signings because once you've got that big name in people start to take a bit more notice.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm not sure how much he's gonna play this season. And I suppose that that'll be reflected within the price as well. Um that they're paying for him. Um mm-hmm but i think they're going to be spending a lot of money on someone that that's not going to play too much but when he does play you're almost guaranteed that he's going to have have an impact on on the game and he's going to get you tries and he's going to he's going to set you up on a lot of uh, a lot of chances well and i i think you look at owen williams he's probably going to be the starting 10 um obviously a great player never really had too much spotlight but he, he's had some good Good games for Leicester had some good games in, in a Gloucester shirt too, um, and he's coming back to the Premiership. And then you, you've got someone like um, Ollie Lawrence. He's obviously a hugely exciting talent coming through in the centre, and I just think that link up with then Van der outside of them as well. I, I think that's going to be a hell of a
1: hell oh, of a problem. With that, you can run Ollie Lawrence up a short line and. Fandom over at the back the defense aren't going to have a clue because they want to they're gonna to have to be they're gonna to have to try and get a hit on one of them they're not going to have a clue it's very difficult to send two big guys like that running at you I think they'll if they can get it right they'll really help to complement each other and improve both their games
0: yeah yeah I'd agree with that and also on the on the uh on the topic of sort of running a, a short lines through as well they've, they've just signed that Cioni. Again, I can't really pronounce this name, but Cioni Vilanu, um, who is a uh, just fantastic um, line runner as well, and that's going to cause so much space out wide for for those players to really um, do some damage. And I think that's going to be a hell of an attacking option.
1: I think that'd be the problem for them is looking at if Owen Williams is their starting ten, which with Duncan Weir leaving looks like it could be the way. Duncan, for me, Duncan Weir might add a bit more. Um, to that position and also they've lost Chris Pennell who's been there for years and he's he's always offered something to their back line so
0: yeah I definitely agree with
1: that So, but they've got an interesting team I mean it'll be they were quite a long way bottom last year and obviously there's still no relegation so they probably won't be the first this year too much as long as they start rebuild, keep rebuilding but it'll be interesting to see if they can start to cl- try and close that gap
0: I think it'd be interesting to see on that point as well because I kind of over- overlooked the, the the no relegation thing I think it'd be interesting to see the length of Van der Merwe's contract because mm-hmm. if there's if it's only two years perhaps I guess at the end of those two years when he's guaranteed premiership rugby Um and then he can sort of make his decision whether he wants to stay with the Warriors or whether he wants to move on. And realistically, there's going to be clubs all over the world in for in for a player like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think Worcester, are a, a difficult team to, to put your finger on this year. Um,
1: yeah. Just as a little side point, what is your thoughts on relegation? As we're going over it, that, that relegation has been taken away?
0: Um that's, I, I go through different mindsets as we as we go along. Really, um, I think it's 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 definitely got its pros and it's definitely got its cons. And I think for now, I'm not too against it as long as it. Um, there, I think there has to be some route for championship clubs to to come up. And I, I know we're both looking at um, ins and outs across the Premiership. And how many how many players are you seeing? here that have come up from, from championship sides. And if if you take the that promotion aspect out of it for them, then it really does, I think you will see a drop off in, in players coming through those academies. Um, however, I do like the idea of a, uh, a bigger league. I think more rugby that we can watch is good, but I think we need to work that well with international fixtures, uh, with the player welfare. So um, you're really getting the most out of all of your players. Without pushing them too far and, and sustaining uh, larger injuries. But um, yeah, I'm a bit 50 50 on it, to be honest. James, what, what's your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, I see. I just think it takes away something from the game. You look at last season, you look at your Newcastles, Worcesters, Gloucesters, even, uh, okay, Wasps are fighting a bit for Europe, but you look at particularly those three, and with about Four, five, six games left, they realistically knew they weren't going to get European rugby like uh, Champions Cup. So they realistically have nothing to play for. Like it doesn't matter what you do. Gloucester went on a bit of a run, went for a bit of a push before their COVID towards the end. But you look at them and realistically, what's the point of them going out there? And if you're a player, you're looking at it. Why would I really want to go out there against some of these teams? And especially some of the players who were called up for the Lions. So, like, you look at Chris Harris's, yeah, yeah um, Reece Amit. Some of them were played in the last of games this season, but they've got nothing to really play for. You know, they've been chosen for the Lions. Imagine one of those goes down with, like, an ACL or any injury, really, and you missed out on your Lions because you're playing for a nothing game. I don't know. For me, it takes away some from the game. And as I said, championship teams again what have they got to play for like they play now oh we won the league but it doesn't really mean anything the whole point in a way of the championship is getting to the premiership you look at teams like Eden and I know I fully agree that the gap is too big currently because you look at Sarries, Sarries put like 50 points on them twice and the second time they've had half their starters played so we, I don't think having one of them up is, is a viable strategy, but there needs to be some work around to get these teams up to the standard that they, they require to be.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. I think whichever way you go with it, there has to be work on the structure because there has to be some sort of funding put into this, these championship teams. So that, because how many years have we seen London Irish go down? Next season, London Irish come up. Then Newcastle have gone down, but then Newcastle come up was to go down was to come only, up
1: the only time it didn't happen is when london welsh were about for a bit but and you might occasionally get them come up but i think i think the, uh, the other problem is the, the joke of it is you look at your teams like your eelings and your um breeze, and most of them to be honest most of them don't have grounds which are legible to meet the restri- uh, requirements so even if they've got promoted they wouldn't have been able to win because I think that was the thing with Ealing. If Ealing had beaten Saracens in one promotion, they wouldn't have been allowed to come up because I don't think their their ground for spectators met the requirements. And I'm like, how can you have teams in the second division of your sport with not? Ground? And I think they only have to be able to hold about a thousand people, so it's not yeah, it's not massive, is it? But
0: no, no, I'd agree. They seem to be there. And I know, I know, speaking to some Pirates fans over over the last couple of weeks, and for them, it's it's more as great as it is to see these players coming through. They say it's it's more of a a pointless thing, really, because you get excited for a player, you you start following them, they start going into good form. Six months later, they're in the Premiership, and then the Pirates have dropped a bit of form again because they're losing their good players, and there's no real there's no real driving factor to get them up into the league because they know it's one quite far away. And then the likelihood of them coming straight back down is is pretty uh, pretty credible too. So there definitely needs to be some sort of structure change when relegation comes back in so that we're not just seeing the same teams up and down every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of recruitment, is there anyone else you, you sort of had a focus on or, or shall we move on?
1: I think the only other team... That I, well, I've got another couple. I want to quickly touch on Bristol, and I think they've got a bit of an interesting campaign coming up. Obviously, falling short, well, capitulating particularly, against Harlequins, as they did, being in the yeah. position they were in. And then you look at the loss of Ciali Pietro, which, OK, he's not as good, I wouldn't say, as Charles, but he is so experienced. he a, a
0: big of- influence in that 12-shirt, isn't he? Yeah
1: very solid in the midfield allowed Rodrada to do a lot of what Rodrada does best so and then you also look at the the losses of Ben Earl's Ben Earl Earl, and Max Malins the and I think especially I mean both of them were very influential I mean Max Malins you look at that semi-final and he scored two tries was it or three he scored two or three
0: Yeah, well Max Malins in particular, is such sort of a phenomenal talent I, I wrote a piece on um on Bristol the other day and you, you look at their best best players from that season, you probably pinpoint um Harry Randall, I'd say, um, Max Malins, Ben Orr, both of the Piertals um, and Semi is probably oh, and, and probably Jon Afoa is their best sort of standout players. And right then well. and then you've lost some of your most influential players there, and not yes. really bought too many massive names in I
1: think, um Sheedy is a big one as well Sheedy played
0: yeah i uh, yeah i I like Sheedy as a player i think I think, think Sheedy fits Wales the
1: 10, I'd imagine
0: you carry on sorry
1: yeah, I was just saying I reckon he will be Wales ten before longer
0: yeah i i i think it's it'd be hard to argue that point really with Sheedy. Um I, I don't think there's many players that fit fit the Bristol team quite as well as Sheedy does. Um yeah. he sort of has as much freedom as as he'd want. Um but yeah, I think Bristol I, I there's no doubt in my mind that Bristol are going to be within the top the top teams fighting for playoff playoffs again this year. There's there's no doubt in my mind about that. But I don't think they're quite gonna have the same impact as as perhaps they did this year with with losing some of those players. Um, and I, th- I think maybe it'll be Sale that overtake them, because um, obviously they've just got masses of of talent that isn't going to be lost through um, any of the yeah. the Six Nations, which is obviously something you really have to account for. Um, yeah, I do think Will Griff John though is going to be a bit of a loss for Sale, um, but I, th- I yeah. think Sale are going to be. Going to be at, definitely up and about.
1: Jimmy Taylor as well is a big one for me for sale coming in. I've always rated him for years at Wasps. Good, solid hooker. Does the basics. as a nice for try.
0: Yeah, yeah. S- similar player to... um to, I can't pronounce his name either. Van der Mover?
1: Van der Mover? Yeah. I think. The, the blonde one.
0: That's the one, yeah. Just scores oh, absolute I'm tries blonde. for fun.
1: Yeah, the South African one. Both yeah. South African. Right, I'll, I'll stop now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> runs basically runs over people at any given opportunity, and and loves a, loves a running try. Um, but yeah, I'd say moving on from. Oh, actually, wait. I, one more player I do want to um, focus in on is if we look at Northampton Saints, because I actually think they've had quite a underrated um, recruitment this year. Um, but I think that. Um, Frank Lomani is going to be good, but more importantly, Juano Augustus um, has come over from the Stormers and he has an absolute man-mountain, um, absolutely shredded. I just feel like he's going to be, he, he's definitely going to be a problem for anyone who plays him, really. He, he looks a serious, serious player and uh, yeah. combined with a lot of the other Northampton players.
1: Sorry, they have a lot of bulk in that pack as it is with like your ribbons and, and the like uh harrison ludlam they have quite a bit of bulk in there and they like to bully teams as it is yeah Niobar on the wing no virus still there i believe he is yeah
0: so I think on on um ludlam as well i think ludlam being appointed as uh skipper for this season is a great appointment as well i think uh i think he's really going to relish in that role and similar to um what we saw Ludlow do. I know very similar names at Gloucester, but once they get that captaincy and Ellis Genge with the England camp, once you get that captaincy, a lot of these players tend to make that step up. And I, I can yeah. see him being one of those players that, that really step up this year. Could um, I just
1: touch on Quinns before we move on? Though. Absolutely. Okay. I think Hugh Jones coming in, obviously if you've watched a bit of what he can do for Scotland he can really rip teams apart. He's done it to England a couple of times where he's just scored tries from nothing. And whether you debate whether that's bad tackling or good attacking play, he's still scored the tries. So it doesn't really matter. Um, And also they brought in Tommaso Allen, the Italian fly half, um, which, again, debating on whether Marcus Smith's going to be in the England squad or not. But if he is, Tommy Allen's a good player to have as your backup 10. Yeah. Or he's never really done too well. You wouldn't say in the Six Nations if you're looking from an outside. But if you look at the Italian team, is that his fault or is that what's what's around him?
0: Yeah, and especially with Garbisi sort of being the first choice now for for Italy, Tommaso Allen's space in that side isn't as guaranteed as it has been in recent years. Um, so if he stays around, when, well, as you say, if Marcus Smith goes off, then I think that is going to be a pretty pretty smart bit of business. I think on the topic of Hugh Jones though, is what what do you do with um um with Joe Marchant? Cool. Is is Joe Marchant gonna start in that thirteen shirt still or do you move him across to the wing? Um do you they, keep they Hugh Jones as a replacement?
1: As a sort of replacement because they had quite a lot of injuries. Um and especially now maybe you look at the Nathan Earl leaving and going to Newcastle.
0: To be the honest ten- though I've I think Nathan Earl leaving is probably to make space for Lewis Liner and Caden Murley, who are just Yeah. Outstanding Martin, seasons.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, it it'll be interesting because for me Marchant is a very underrated player. I think he's he's very, very solid, but he couldn't I think he struggled a bit maybe last season because he he was thirteen wing. 13, he can really get a position and stay settled. And quite often, halfway through games, you would end up switching from the wing to um, center or vice versa. So, I think he's struggled a bit, maybe, but it'll be interesting to see where Hugh Jones fits in.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree because I, I definitely don't think Hugh Jones is a has been bought in as a reserve player or a bench yeah. player. I think he's he's absolutely first team quality and. Most teams that he walks into will oh, be, I mean, well, yeah.
1: And Jones is going to be well exciting. Fun for Quinn fans, not so fun for anybody else. I don't
0: think. Yeah, especially with the attacking play that that Quinns produce. Um, yeah, could be very interesting. Um, but yeah, I think moving on from recruitment for for this year, um, I think it is time for the the horrible task of our season predictions. Um, how you predict anything outside of the top four is is, I think is just incredibly tough.
1: Yeah, for me, I've managed to. It's almost like chunks. I think, and I might get destroyed for these chunks. By yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: First podcast, and we offend everyone in yeah, uh, everyone in watching. the rugby world.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the top five. I've got the top five, and then from six down to ten was very tight. Yeah, and then bottom three. I think are probably the bottom three. But then you never know. You look at it, and at the start of last season, Gloucester lost like one one in ten or something, and the, so they were bottom. Looked like they were going to finish bottom, and there was relegation on at the time. So it was all it. It all very much changed. But I think I I know roughly what I'm going to do. Do you want to start from the bottom or the top?
0: I say if we go we go from the top. Because I'd say that's that's top with top. a little bit of changes.
1: No, I, think bottom, I think bottom
0: up. Yeah. If you want to go from the bottom, you start off with with uh, bottom then.
1: So for me, and I know we praised a lot of what they did in, in bringing in players, but I still think Worcester are going to be bottom. I think you look at the gap. They won one game last season. And... For me, the gap's too big. As we said, Van der Merwe could be away a lot, which is a big miss for them. Uh, yeah. And I just can't see them really closing that gap enough. I think they might be stronger this year than they were last year, because last year, let's be honest, they were pretty abysmal. But yeah, I just think they're going to be born.
0: It's really hard to argue against that, because obviously what we saw from them last season... I don't think we ever really saw the top the top level of rugby that that would be competing with with everyone in the league um yeah. but then also if you look at the second half of the season for Falcons I think yeah. that was also some pretty rough rugby um but I think I feel like maybe the difference between the Falcons and Worcester are you have Falcons have got a little bit of grit about them they they they've seen out some games this year, and especially at the start of the season, they they proved to be a real tough place to go. What like
1: they did after about six games?
0: Yeah, and that's that's it. But then, well, off. I'm not sure. This is this is almost the impossible decision. But I think just for the sake of controversy, I'm going to put Newcastle there. No, um, no. I've I've just had a really good conversation with a uh, folk on Falcons, a uh, um, a Newcastle Falcons podcast, and. It hurts me to say it because he's Still like the nicest bottom. bloke, but <laughs> but I haven't going to put them bottom for this for this instance. Yeah. Well, well
1: that was obviously thirteenth this year for the first 13th, time. Ever. Yeah. I, so, so Newcastle
0: thirteenth well. for me, Worcester thirteenth for you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, well, I'm I'm going to go Worcester twelfth. Um, I think next season is going to be significantly different because a lot of these players you you often find when you have wholesale changes like Worcester have had across all of their key positions, they've they've made changes at nine, 10 hooker, bought a new eight in. Um, It it takes a while for them to, to really like sort of merge together and form that team. Yeah. Especially
1: nine and 10 you need.
0: yeah. Yeah. I suppose the good thing is nine and 10 have played together previously. Um, at Gloucester yeah. if if you see Willie Hines and and Owen Williams as the starting the starting pairing. But yeah, I'm gonna put I'm gonna go Worcester twelve. Don't hate me, Worcester fans. Don't hate me.
1: I've gone for Irish, which might be even more controversial considering they finished what was it, eighth last year, ninth, something like that. Yeah. So was, Irish twelve. I mean for me, they weren't ever as strong as it seemed. In a way, I I feel that sounds. I think I feel like a lot of teams played down to their level. I mean, that sounds horrendously bad for Irish, and I do quite like a few of their players, but I just don't know. I don't know. I might be wrong with the Brentford, the new Brentford Stadium. When they get a few more fans in there and a bit, bit, bit behind them, they might be good. But you look at the players they lost, and I mean, Blair Cowan is the one that stands out for me. You look at Blair Cowan; he was their leader. I don't know if he was captain, but he was the leader there. And I think losing him could be a big a big shock to the system potentially because he's been there for years through thick and thin. So Yeah.
0: That's a Irish the good boy. thing is about Irish is they do have a hugely experienced pack. And even though Cowan is obviously going to be massively missed, and I know from speaking to some Irish fans that that they're pretty gutted about him going, um, as you as you would be with a player this been away uh, at your club for that long but an yeah. consistent. I don't think you ever see Blair Cowan really drop in, in his uh, level of performance but...
1: I think the bad thing for Blair Cowan is, is that one uh, one clip of him getting absolutely munched by Tua Lange. and <laughs> I think that, that has kind of haunted Blair Cowan's career and it's a bit, it's a bit sad really because he's a very good player, very solid player but that one clip is is one of the best tackles I've seen and he gets absolutely destroyed. <laughs>
0: Who hasn't, though? Who hasn't been destroyed by Tuolangi at some point in their career? It's true, but... Not even Manu, good. just the whole selection of Tuolangi yeah. have, have smashed probably 90% of the league, I'd say. Yeah,
1: so then we go to 11th.
0: I've gone Irish at 11th. Um, See, been... Oh, sorry. Similar it. reasons for what we just spoke about, um, but I do think they're going to have slight more experience and... and even outside of the pack, you look at sort of your, your Hassel Collins, who's a fantastic player, your Curtis Rona looks to be good. And I think the thing is they've got such a solid game plan of if they give away a penalty, Paddy Jackson will nudge it straight into the corner, and then they've got a very strong ball with a load of experience forwards and this yeah. sort of the Exeter way, but it's it's a tough...
1: Tuisui, Tuisua, whatever
0: he's called. Tuisui is probably one of the best ball carriers in the league, but most yeah. importantly probably the best beard in the league, competing with Gary Graham. <laughs> but
1: he's a, And also, I like Bill Meeks. I mean, I haven't seen him do too much Irish, but he was very good for Gloucester.
0: He was good. He's gone now, though, hasn't he? Has he? He's, um, I don't know. he's over playing for the uh, Gillatini's. Sure? no? In, uh, in the uh, US. And he just won uh, the league uh, with them. I think he only had a six-month deal at the start oh, of oh, the oh, uh, wow. London Washington. Irish season. But... But yeah, I think he actually got Player of the Season over in America. So he's yeah he's well, standing he as a he mark. He
1: roster at certain points. points and he was at animal. Uh So I'm going to go for Newcastle in 11th, and I think a lot of it is because of the grit. I think the the fall off in performance is shocking from last season. Like I don't know what really happened there, but yeah, the fall off was was a bit of a worry. But I think you look at their team, very solid. I think. I was there um, at Twickenham recently for the Canada-England game. You look at Adam Radwan in that game. He was electric. He's very fast, kind of reminds you of a Rich summit sort of player. Um, he looks exciting. And then you also look at, they brought in Mike Brown, obviously mega experienced and good, very good on his day. You look at Nathan Earl, adds a bit more pace on the wing. And they've also brought in Ollie Lindsay Haig, who... Anyone who watches the sevens or knows about sevens knows he's he's on a short-term deal, but he's been brought in and he can add a lot into their backline. Whether he plays or not, that's mostly seen. But I think he'll offer something if he does play. So yeah, yeah, I think if you add that spark a bit to their to their backline and they've got Gray, I think they could be better. But I still think eleventh is where they're going to be at.
0: Yeah, I I think they're a massive work in progress, aren't they? Really? As you say, they've got a load of grit in the in the in the pack, but trying to make that sort of get that spark because they do have exciting players in that back line. Um yeah. you look at I know he's a bit older now, but you look at the impact that um Burrell can have on the team. Um yeah. It, yeah, they do have that spark. They just need to ignite it, I think, and really really kick on in the backs rather than the forwards. Um and Just get a bit more of an all round game because they can't. I think maybe that was where they went wrong at the start of the season. They were a bit of an unknown quantity, um, mm-hmm. and then towards the end, they got a little bit predictable with just grinding out with the forwards. And and then teams started to uh make them pay for that. Yeah. But um, moving to 10th, I'll let you well, go first. I'll go first, or you'll go first.
1: Sorry,
0: you, you go first. I'll let you go first.
1: So, like the bottom three, that was like I kind of think they're. Kind of set, I'm not exactly sure which order, but I think they'll be the bottom three.
0: Well, yeah, we, we both had Newcastle, Worcester, Irish, didn't we? So,
1: yeah, they for me. And then it's shall I list the teams that are in the group above? And yeah. I won't list the order, but so for me, the next group above is Leicester, Northampton, Wasps, Gloucester, and Bath.
0: That's yeah, we, we are very much on the same page going, yeah, <laughs> going through me, this.
1: I think they are these teams are so difficult to predict. I think. Easily, any of these could finish 10th. E- any of them could finish 6th. And I mean, any of them, if they have a good season, could potentially top- push for the top four, but I don't think they quite have it. And for me, I've got Wasps at
0: 10th. Yeah, I've got the same.
1: You look at what they've lost um, in Sokowoga and you look at some of their players. They didn't have the best of seasons last season. And I don't know, a obviously did his ACL, I believe, last season. So i not I don't know if so he's did back. Willis. Yeah. I'm not sure if uh is back immediately or not. But I mean, even when he comes back, will it be exactly there straight away? Probably not. it probably take him a while to get in, because he was seriously impressing me last season.
0: Yeah, absolutely outrageous athlete, really, isn't he? He's just, yeah. I don't know if you remember the game where they, they came to King's home and we were a silly amount of points clear, and then within about six minutes, they took it back to within a try or something like that, and it was,
1: we, we yeah, with about ten minutes left, they we were about twenty points clear or something, and then he scored two two tries in the last two two minutes basically.
0: He's just an absolute crazy athlete. That he's not many players have that speed with that physicality at the same time. And I feel like that, especially coming through the thirteen channel, which he started to do a little bit more now. Yeah, yeah I feel like he's a he's a strong player. But but yeah, I, I agree with you there. Wasps at tenth for me um, will be an interesting one because I do think they've recruited well. It's just consistency yeah. for Wasps, isn't it? Because because yeah. one week they could be looking like an absolute top four certainty, and then then the next week they could have a real blunder. So
1: they also seem to go on these runs where they had a run at. I think it was the end of the last season because they got to the final the year before last, didn't they? Yes. And they went the start of the season. They were awful, and then they had about six months where they just battered everyone. Got to the final and lost. Then they started last season really well, and then just fell off again. So they seem to go on these runs where if they're winning, they're winning and they're red hot. But if they're losing, it falls apart a bit.
0: Yeah, I I don't think it's it's yeah uh, I don't think that's too hard to argue really. That's um mm-hmm. So ninth, who have
1: you got from
0: ninth? I've actually gone Northampton ninth. Well
1: oh, bloody hell, our tables looking the same because I've also got Northampton ninth.
0: <laughs> <right. laughs> Maybe <laughs> we should put a bet on. This is going, <laughs> going well. Um yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I th- I think Northampton again, is as we said that from 10th to 6th, I think it's so hard to really distinguish. Anyone, and it wouldn't surprise me if any of these teams finished anywhere within that bracket. Um, yeah, but I feel like you you look at when they didn't have bigger at 10, they've just lost um, Malinder as well. Um, tended to sort of fall off the track a little bit. Um, yeah, obviously, they do have some great players
1: players. 10 quite a bit, and well, from the games I saw him at 10, Fairbanks should not be playing 10. (laughs)
0: yeah i definitely prefer him at fullback um personally um and yeah you look at how many games your damn big is going to play this year and your courtney laws is a massive player but probably going to be with england i imagine um after his lions
1: yeah well yeah because he was in the england squad before he got picked his injuries so
0: yeah so yeah an interesting one to lose um yeah, yeah. Uh, they
1: seem to be very fifty-fifty, a bit like wasps. You turn up one day, they're amazing, batter you. Then you turn up the next, and you, they get battered. It's very. I feel like all these teams have the capability. Of the, uh, the, the, that's part of the problem, and I think it'll be interesting to see whether this season, with fans back, whether home and away becomes much more structured because last season it kind of didn't really matter. Whereas this season, places like you look at your wealth of rose, your King's Homes. Yeah, they are big, heavy grounds to go to, and the difficult places to go. Where you look at last season, and they were much easier. Obviously, some of them are still difficult. He's sandy parks. and
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, yeah, it's a tough one, but I, I'll stick with Northampton at ninth. Um, moving on to eighth, I went Leicester.
1: So did I. <laughs>
0: This is is going well. These great this minds.
1: Is we did not talk about this before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Le- Leicester eighth, um, but similar to to Ludlam, um, Genji being made captain, I think, is fantastic um, uh, appointment. I, I feel like
1: Zach Henry might be interesting because he did quite a lot there. I think.
0: Do you say losing Zach Henry? Yeah. has I he believe... gone? Is he?
1: I believe. Um, have I made this up? Can someone Google this? I'm not because, sure I believe Zach Henry has left
0: I liked Zach Henry I, f- I thought he was um, I thought Zach Henry was a fantastic player yeah well, I thought he, was he, well, has, he left. has left he has left he's gone over to yes. France I, I didn't that. know that I yeah, not <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I thought he was a fantastic player and a great cover um, across a few positions as well um, yeah I didn't boy, know that he
1: can cover
0: in the 10 I guess yeah um, Freddie Burns has come in obviously um, uh, yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> as a blast from the past um, still can do probably still do do some bits from him as well I imagine um, especially behind George Ford and I suppose the the argument is um, if Smith does get his call up which I think we can all agree probably deserves
1: yeah, definitely,
0: does Ford still go
1: well, you'd argue that Farrell will probably be the the 10, the starting 10, you'd have thought. Yeah. you look at them, Ford is more like uh Smith than Farrell is. So, I'd imagine, unless he takes all three, which he'll probably, course, center, so he'll probably do that.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. But I, I don't think, especially not with players they've bought in, I don't think they've They've got too much, too many players that are really gonna. There's no one shouting to me that they're gonna that now go on and win the league or uh, something. But because I
1: think I think he's done well coaching there. Um, what's his name? Um,
0: yeah, he's really tightened things up really. Um, what's his name? more than Boston.
1: anything. Yeah, he he has come in from England and his name is Steve Borthwick. Yeah, and he has. <laughs> Uh, he has done really well, I think. So, uh, I think considering, well, you look at where they were a couple of years ago or a year and a half, whenever he came in, and they were poor. They were tenth, sort of. I think they've they're much more solid now, a bit more back to what Leicester of old. But I still don't think they're going to be able to.
0: Yeah. yeah, and you you look at the players like um for for me, one of the standouts alongside Ellis Genge was um, Freddie Stewart last season.
1: Oh, Freddie Street, I think, should be putting his hand up for an England shirt. I think,
0: yeah. What what is he, six foot five, I think he is? He's he's quite tall. Just absolutely, got absolute wheels as well. Um, Yeah,
1: he's a very good player. And I think you look at where England are with full backs. There's not much competition out there. So I think, for me, he'd be right up there for England already.
0: The only thing that would concern me with sending him to an England camp is that we'd see him in like a six shirt or on the <laughs> on the back of a scrum? That would, as we saw, I know when Thorley went to the England camp, and oh. the only pictures that came out of him in training was on the side of scrums, and and then he picked
1: up an injury.
0: Yeah, and that is that that is the risk you play when you when you send a player to England camp with Eddie Jones. You never quite know what they're going to do there. No. Um, but yeah, Leicester. Seven. Um, for me, who have you gone for seventh? Actually, I've done the first. I've gone Gloucester, I've I've Gloucester as well. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like from their performances last year, what they were they were missing was a consistent ten. I think mm-hmm. I don't think either Barton Evans or Twelve Trees, when he played there, were particularly bad as such. And I think especially Evans in play you almost want to take a little bit of it, all of them, don't you? You want twelve trees experience, um, with Evans's in play ability with his sort of the way he gets around the field and, and looks at his passes. Um merged with George Barton's kick in, which is I think he missed one kick all season, which is unbelievable really, for, for nine, a player probably. of his age. Yeah. Um yeah, I think if you merged all of those together then you'd have a you'd have the ten you want. But I think Hastings just brings such uh, just a bit more reassurance in that position, and I think that really could be the missing factor for Gloucester to kick on. Um,
1: It'll be interesting, because obviously Skivington came in and the results weren't great. He obviously kind of got saved almost, I would say, by the fact that the relegation was gone, uh, because they, how the season started last year, what was it? first 10 games one win something like
0: that yeah we did a reverse games. Newcastle
1: Newcastle yeah. had an think,
0: unbelievable first half Six, one,
1: six of the last
0: 10 who um, Newcastle no oh Gloucester. yeah yeah so Gloucester yeah played played 10 yeah. won one and then played and their
1: C- last two games Worcester Bath which got called off because Covid um
0: arguably favourites for those
1: Yes, definitely Worcester you would looking at a win and Gloucester Bath always a tight game, so it was at King's I believe, so you'd have kind of fancied Gloucester. So if, they, if they've done that, both of them, you're looking at 7-8 out of 12, and yeah. that's the very end of the season. So you're looking at what they've built, if they can build, go kick on with that, it'll be interesting. With a more set 10, because any, any team that's playing three different 10s, you've got to wonder how their structure is going to be. And I well,
0: I think if, if Pelleggri comes back as well and, and yeah. recovers some of the form he had before his injury, well, that could obviously very, be massive.
1: Dining,
0: yeah, yeah, that's very true. And he gives you so much more of an attacking...
1: Well, attacking I think structure. the thing for me when watching Gloucester last year was it wasn't even particularly Pelleggri. I think if you watch their other players... Especially your so you look at Ackerman and his effect didn't, his effect was nowhere near as big because teams weren't drawn into Pledgery because Pledgery creates space for other players. So I think yeah. your Ackerman, who's not quite as big a builder, not builder, he's not quite as big built, he struggled a bit when all those players could be on him. Although we did see a new side to his game with his kicking. So. Who knows? Yeah,
0: two two kicks, two tries, wasn't it? That was uh, a few weeks. That's the shout. Maybe that's the shout going forward. Um, But I will just say, when we're talking about Gloucester, I'm uh, absolutely aboard the Geordie Reid bandwagon. Um, Absolute fantastic player, I think. And play him on either side, I think he's unbelievable, really. Um, And as we said with Tuasui, having the beard game. You'd argue that well, there there is no argument. He absolutely wins the the dreadlock game, um, yes. by a serious distance.
1: Not too many players with dreadlocks, I can think of it. Apparently.
0: No, that's probably why he wins. But it is. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the picture of him at the end of that Ulster game, um, where he'd cut his head, and his head strap was across his dreads, and he looked like something out of Lord of the Rings, running across <laughs> the 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 pitch at the end. And, yeah, I think that moment he, he firmly became one of my favourite Gloucester players. And then yeah. on the other side, Ludlow, who has just absolutely kicked on this season. Um, just an absolute commander, really. Just Wonderful. everywhere on the pitch, Amazing. over the ball, in the tackle. Fantastic player. Um, so, moving on to six, we I'm assuming you've gone Bath too?
1: I have also gone Bath, yes. I believe, I think you just look at their squad for me and it's the best squad. Out of those teams, I think yeah. all round squad, especially that back line, you look at you've got um, your Rocker Dagoonies, you've got your um, what's the guy on the other wing called the Big Virginia you've got your Anthony Watson's, your Jonathan Joseph's, your uh, what's the Scottish guy called? Um, what's the Scottish centre called? Redpath. If, if Cipriani can hook it all up, I would Ben Spencer. That is an unbelievable backline
0: I've just named. Yeah, yeah, that is that is crazy. And I, I think if you look at Cipriani in the way he likes to play, I, f- I think it can really unlock um, Redpath this season. I know obviously he's had a fantastic year just gone, um, but with with a lot of the Cipriani plays, if there's not a short ball for him to pick, he likes to go to his twelve as more of an extension of a ten rather than a line hitting ten. So, if Redpath can take that ball wide, with Cipriani then reforming the pod round, I, th- I think Redpath can really have an unbelievable season this season. Um, For me,
1: Cochrane-Siga, if he catches the ball, is one of oh, the yeah. best wins in the world. It's just, that's his problem.
0: Yeah. He is, he, is, he is unbelievable talent. And when he gets sort of back fully fit and not not worrying about injury, he's got to be in the, the England conversation again, surely.
1: Well, I think that's the problem Bath seem to have. you look at um Jonathan Joseph, Anthony Watson, Siga, and Rocco and rockerbuni, they all pick up quite a bit of in, quite a few injuries,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely um, and as we said earlier, same with Falata as well in the pack. Yeah. um so yeah that nice to see that we've got exactly the same thoughts ten through six mm-hmm. um I can imagine we'll be fairly similar top five, but fifth
1: well, the top, five, top five anyway.
0: Fifth in the same order, though.
1: Oh, I don't know, but these five for me are the clear. I I believe these are the top five teams in the league as well. Uh, Yeah, I don't
0: think there's too much argument there, really.
1: I don't think. I think. I think another one of those teams we just mentioned could have a really good season and push on to be finish maybe third, fourth, fifth. But I think there's a gap there, and I don't believe unless one of the teams has a really good season, they'll do it.
0: I think all of those teams are capable of doing it, but. It, yeah, you, it's consistency, they, isn't it? I think that's the main word. Tenth till six. The
1: teams below have to have a good season, like a really good season, and the, the above teams have to have a poor season.
0: Yeah, no, I'd agree.
1: They both play their best. I feel there's still a gap.
0: Yeah, I'd agree.
1: If I've got a bit of a controversial one though,
0: I've if, oh, really?
1: Yeah, I think maybe. Who have you gone for? I've gone for the reigning champions. So
0: have first. I. I've also gone oh.
1: Quinns. Oh, we have got exactly the same idea.
0: We, I've gone Quinns. Go and explain.
1: For me, I'm looking at it. And if you look at it, if I, I know I made that bit, bit, big, bold statement, which possibly isn't true, of Bath being the biggest underachievers. I think you look at the squad last season and Quinns were the biggest overachievers. I think you look at the squads that Exeter, Sar- oh, well, not Saris because they weren't in the league, but Exeter, Sale and Bristol had. And I think quite comfortably... Quinn's, the names in that squad were just nowhere near, I mean I know you've got your Don Branson and, and Joe Marlers and Marchants but generally the names weren't there but their squad togetherness and I think for me watching that semi-final, because I, I don't think I actually watched the final, but I watched the semi-final and for me to come back from, I well I was watching it and 20 minutes in I was like oh Bristol won this, they were like 24-0 up flying, absolutely flying, like easily go it was like it just looked so easy. Everything was so easy. They were going to win comfortably. And to come back from that shows just the spirit of this the squad.
0: I'm not ashamed to say, well I am a little bit ashamed to say. Um I was out driving during the first half um and I was listening to it um as I was driving and about 15, 20 minutes in I turned it off. Um I did turn it back on for the second half, though. And I'm very glad I did turn it back on. But, yeah, I'm completely the same. I thought I thought Quinns were absolutely dead and buried. And I think every, everyone did apart from Quinns, really.
1: Oh, yeah. When Don Brandt scored that try right at the end of the first half, which actually was very, very important. By the time, everyone went, oh, well, they've scored a try. Well done. Yeah. But, I mean, you're looking back at that now and just to never, never, never die or whatever... Saying it's never die attitude to come back from that, but I think over a season, I think if Marcus Smith does disappear for England, not not disappear, disappear if he goes off of England, I think you might then struggle. Um, so I, I, for me, fifth, and that's largely down to squad, and it's also can they go again? They've done it now. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, they've had their underdog story. Yeah. Um,
1: Marla, and you look at Marla, he did hundred and twenty minutes two games in a row, got man of the match in both, but like come on, he is like thirty four or something now. He he's gotta be slowing down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I've I have i have said all season that that the thing the reason that pushed Quinns on was the core of their team. So if you look at the core positions, you've got your your two, which obviously um Baldwin had a great season. Then you, you had your eight, which Don Brant's obviously a fantastic player. Danny Kerr what was that sorry?
1: How Don not in the
0: England squad, I don't know. Yeah, it's how a lot of people aren't in it, but Don yeah. definitely is staking a claim. Um, then obviously you had Danny Kay, who's probably had one of the be- better seasons for him personally than he has in the last couple of years, was was electric oh, this year. Nine
1: have.
0: Yeah, um alongside Marcus Smith, obviously. Um, then I know they had a couple of different 12 options, but um all similar players that came into that mantle. Um yeah. And then, sort of, you Mike Brown at fullback, but especially that two, eight, nine, and ten combination stayed fairly consistent through through the year. And yeah, for me, that that's what really put. They always had that that strong core that just kept on pushing them on. Um, but as you say, they've lost Baldwin now. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Quinn's do this year. But they're going to be bouncing so. The start of the season, I'm sure they're going to
1: uh the full stoop, getting into them. They, yeah. they, they could well. I'm I, as I said, the top five for me is very, very close, and I just went for Quins because for me fourth, I've got Bristol, and for me it was a toss of a coin between Quins and Bristol for that fourth position. But I just went for Bristol. I think when you've got the talents of Charles Pieterow and Semi Radradra,
0: well, you so- look at. Them semi Rada alone arguably top three players in the world arguably yeah Um, you look
1: at them and for me they were just outstanding but it was so tight and i might rethink my idea i don't know it's very difficult because of their style of play is almost so different to anyone else in the league because everyone else almost plays this very conformist we kick to the corner we we slot our penalties where Bristol are very much maybe not Quinns as much, Quins play do Quinns do play in Venison, but Bristol play from anywhere. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, I I completely agree. And they've you have not only do you have an exciting back line, you've also got a front row that literally do your whole pack, when you when your whole pack can play as fluently as Bristol's pack do, then you know you're in trouble. Like, it, how old is Jonathan Foa now? We still see him charging through lines, yeah, throwing, they're flipping they're offloads they're out the back, and it's just unbelievable, really. And then you then you take him out and you bring in Carl Sinclair, who's just just as good, if not better. It's they've they've got a hell of a team, but I do think the interesting thing would be to see how they cope without Malins, Earl, um, and, and Piattel through the middle. Yes,
1: Ili.
0: Yeah. yeah. What's that? Um, like your- as well, by the way, yeah, I did go Bristol fourth. I did, so go we Bristol are fourth.
1: very, very similar, yeah. And then I went
0: sale third, so did I, yeah. I think
1: if you look at their consistency, they're building season on season. I think for me, the big thing as well last season was when ne- Neil Diamond is it their coach,
0: yeah, not, not anymore, Neil. but he left
1: Steve Diamond,
0: Neil, <laughs> Neil <laughs> Diamond, Diamond. <laughs> yeah, not Neil Diamond. <laughs> not <him>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Steve was who is a big, he's a big presence in the rugby world, I think. So when he left, very suddenly, I thought, oh, here we go. It's going, yeah. to, fall. The week going to come off. But their young head coach came through. I don't know his name. But- Sanderson.
0: Well, Sanderson came over from from Sarries and it's just, he's been unbelievable, really. And I know from listening to, to a lot of news around Sale. So, um- yeah,
1: well, he's just spearheaded them on. because, so, as I said, I thought they were going to drop off and now, like, when you've got such a big leader to yeah, to, to lose them suddenly can really derail the team, but to get yeah, to keep going and actually potentially improve their game.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I think the amount of South Africans that they're not gonna lose as often as players who rely on maybe your British players, um I think I think that's gonna stand them in really good stead this season. Um and obviously you, you got a pack with, with Lou Diagri Lou Diagra and JP DeBrier. Like that's yeah. a, um, like the line out options you've got from there is just unbelievable. When you um, look at
1: all the brothers, they're all
0: yeah. Um, you got John O'Ross as well, who's just yeah. just leads I mean, from the front.
1: They were unlucky because they played Exeter in the last home uh, the last game of the season, didn't they? And AJ McGuinty went down with his did his knee. Yeah. Um, so then going into the playoffs. Going into the playoffs about your ten, you're always going to struggle.
0: So, and what a ten he is as well! Unbelievable season from from McGinty this year. He's been absolutely for, for me over the last couple of years. You always look at McGinty as just your like your reliable option, but last year he he really sort of turned the flare on as well. And I mean, we didn't have a, backup,
1: a Bad backup because Rob Dupree's Dupree isn't bad, but I think they they lost a lot of their spark with McGinty.
0: Much stronger than he looks as well. You look at the red card he picked up. Um, against Gloucester again. Um, to pick up Val in the way he did was very impressive. Um,
1: they are nasty though, aren't they? That's the one. They're completely
0: they're against the rules and not a nice tackle at all, but cracking okay. bit of strength there to pick him up from a... Also, from a possibly the biggest
1: player we haven't spoken about for sale. If Tuolangui gets fit. Yeah.
0: that It's a big true. if.
1: If, yeah. It's uh, it's a massive if. It's always been a massive if. If Tuolangui is fit, for me, he's one, if not the best center in the world, but he's never fit, so you can't label him that. For me, but
0: no, I'd, I'd completely agree. But to see him fit would be amazing. If if he spent the whole season fit, it would be.
1: Oh, it's one of the best. He yeah, it's one of the best players to watch, and he brings in so many eyes. Like...
0: You'd arguably push Sale a little bit higher in the rankings. I'd say. I I know. I'd probably knock them up a, a spot. I don't um...
1: know. Because I think the top
0: two are clear for me, a little bit. Well, I've gone Saracens 2 and Exeter 1.
1: That is exactly what I've done.
0: Yeah. So I think I was having some conversation with with people on Twitter the other day. And um, some people were saying that they don't fancy Saris to even get top four. That most of their internationals, well, most of their key players are internationals, I should say. Um, so you'll be losing them for quite a period Um, they'll be they haven't played premiership in a year um, which is not going to help things Uh, might take them a little bit longer to sort of settle in but but for me personally they've got enough talent in that squad to just go straight back into that top two
1: who they were putting out in the championship because most of the time they didn't put out their first team and that team is good enough to beat half the teams of the premiership. Yeah. You look and, at you look at your Nick Azikwe, he was playing for Northampton. You look, you uh, as you said, Earl's and Maylins or Earl and Maylins coming back in. They were both playing all season in the premiership. And you think some of these players are stepping through that Maylins and Earl weren't going to be playing before before um before they went down. So these players are really going to step up or not play as much anyway, really going to step up. And then also you look here, OK, they weren't playing as much, but Billy Vunapola, Mako Vunipola, Farrell, um, Daly, they were all, I told you, all playing for England, and then most of them were playing for the Lions. So they've been playing at a high level anyway.
0: Yeah, no, that, that is true. Yeah, but it's, it's how much we're going to see them, I think, is the main, the main query, yeah, that, really. Yeah,
1: that could be a problem. But they always see... It's the same... It's, it's similar squad to this, it's always been. And they always
0: seem to do all right. And what one player I've got my eye on this year is I did a little once to watch teams over on my my Twitter at, uh, at Rugby Collective the other day. And I, I, um Joel Kapoku, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, second row. Um, especially when a Toji comes back or next to a as you say. Um, he looks like a a really good second row option. Um I think he's about six foot six, six foot seven-ish. Um just but he has got everything. He's very similar sort of um in his frame to a toji arguably a little bit stockier um and got a little bit more in terms of sort of hard line runner. where, where you'd expect a toji to to be able to fend a few people off. Kapoku will go straight through through the gap really and he also looks tremendous over the ball, a real hard tackler as well, um and and very young. And for him coming in under someone like Katoji, who's probably the best lock in the world or at least in the conversation he's only going to grow and, and playing against better opposition every week as well, I think he's definitely going to be one to watch going forward problem
1: for that second row spot outside and is the fact that last time they were in the Premiership they had Will Skelton, who for me believe. so anyone who comes in there has got a job to do to fill in that spot Whenever yeah, I think
0: I, of Will Scout and I just think of your man just every time. Just call in your man every single time.
1: But he, he scores a lot of tries. And I think for me, I've always had this, even before they went down and they had a little it. For me, Exeter over a season, I know, didn't Bristol win the league last year? But generally for me, Exeter over a season will win the season, I generally think, because they grind teams down, they get results, yeah. they win. But for me, Saracens is on the day. You know, what I mean, they turn up. I always like over a season. I want. I feel extra win. On one given day, I generally feel Saracens will beat them because I think Saracens have all the players to turn up on the day, turn it on, and on any given day, they can beat anyone.
0: So are you back in Saracens to to lift the trophy then. Exeter to finish top and then Saracens to lift the trophy. I I don't
1: know yet, but we'll have that conversation
0: on next week's pod then.
1: Yeah, or maybe towards the end of the season when we know who's going to be in it. But uh, (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) But for me, yeah, Exeter. You look at what they do; they're just a machine. Rob Baxter's got them working. You know what they're going to do. I mean, Sam Simmons, scoring machine. Wouldn't surprise me if he's top try scorer again this year because of the system he plays in. Uh yeah, for me they are lethal. They never seem to have too many internationals go off either, which for me is strange. The best team, well, over the last couple of years, they've been the best team in Europe. Don't have many internationals. And whether that's Eddie Jones or other, I, I don't understand. Why they've got quality
0: people. everywhere and they've got like for like replacements yeah. everywhere as well. They, they've they've you, you never you never have to sacrifice a player for someone who's a completely different style. It's always You've just got a consistent play style all the way through, don't you?
1: And you look at your Henry Slades and,
0: and your. Players. Oh yeah, and Stuart Hoggs. and, and then you even look at like Josh Hodge, sort of one of the academy boys coming through, who's just absolutely electric. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. In fact, half the time I forget Stuart Hogg plays for Exeter still. Yeah. But they're just so good. You just like, oh, they won. You don't, you like half the time with Exeter, you look at it, the, oh, they won. You don't even think. Do you know what I mean? You don't even think behind the result, really. Because most just expect of, it, yeah. You just you've got Johnny Gray, obviously, as well. Um, and I really like what's his name on the wing, O'Flaherty. I, I yeah, butchered.
0: just so under the radar, just yeah. does bits every single week.
1: Yeah, scores some one worldly tries, like that one. Do you, you remember that one where he volleyed the ball? <laughs>
0: yeah, I do, <laughs> I, do. I like,
1: look, like, Nobody even really saw it, and he absolutely he just volleyed the ball when it came flying down to him, chased after it, and scored it. It was. Hello Drive. That
0: was top class. That was top class. So yeah, we 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 stayed fairly consistent there actually. And I'm yeah. sure that we will probably be completely wrong as the season, yeah. oh, definitely. The season develops. If but, we
1: get three in the right place, I'd be happy.
0: Well, we'll bookmark this and then come the end of the season, we'll have a little review and we'll, yeah. we'll see what we went um, for. Zero. Um and for the last part of the podcast, because I know we ran a little bit over time. We've um, gone very i'm gonna put you on the spot completely okay. um and we're gonna run through the fixtures for the first game week, which is gonna kick off on Friday the seventeenth with arguably one of the biggest <laughs> fixtures of <laughs> of the season coming as the first game so, um, so we're gonna um we're gonna test your knowledge um and your your predictions yeah, nice. as we go through so <laughs> first first game. Bristol Bears at home to Saracens. Who are you backing?
1: Oh, that's a horrible first prediction. Uh, you want me to so quick? I'm gonna go Saris, big performance away day, first game back. Yeah, let's go. Strong.
0: strong. Without their lions? No lions available? Yeah, not
1: by any of their lions.
0: Lions don't come back until the second week of October.
1: Ah, right. Uh yeah, why not? Let's back Saris.
0: Back Saris. Okie doke. And we got. Leicester at home to Exeter Chiefs. Oh, Exeter. I think that'd be too strong.
1: Although this this is the time of season to play them. I think playing them early before they get into their groove is the time of season. And Leicester in front of their home for... I'll go Exeter because I if you do these predictions every week, I don't think I'll ever go against Exeter. But I wouldn't be surprised if Leicester turned them over.
0: Okay, okay. Very sitting on the fence, Answer there, to yeah, be honest. Secret, but but we'll stick with it. Um, Northampton at home to Gloucester
1: I think it's very tight gritty again wouldn't be surprised either way I'll go for Northampton home advantage Franklin Gardens How will go for Northampton
0: yeah, it's, it's probably safe back there especially with first couple of games at home um, Worcester Warriors versus London Irish
1: Worcester at home.
0: Worcester at home, yeah.
1: Fandomer not playing.
0: Rory Sutherland's not playing.
1: Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. This is one of those ones basement game. Let's go Worcester at home. Yeah. I know I'm at the bottom, but Worcester.
0: Worcester. Then we got Sale versus Bath. Sale being be on the home side.
1: Uh. Sale, sale, yeah, sale. Strong,
0: and then we've got Newcastle Falcons at home to Harlequins. Ooh, tasty one, Max. You've got to remember that um, fa- um, Harlequins will not have Marcus Smith.
1: Oh, they won't. And it's a nasty place to go. Very nasty place to go. It is. Nobody likes
0: going. Not there. Newcastle in general. No,
1: no, not Newcastle. <laughs> 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 For me, I'm going to go for. New... Who's their 10? Who's Quinn's 10 without Marcus Smith?
0: Potentially Tommaso Allen, I'm guessing.
1: Oh, maybe. Uh, I'll go for. I'll... Ah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll go for Newcastle. I really want to go back to that Leicester prediction. Without Sam Simmons, I really do think. And Hogg. I think. Johnny Let... Hill's
0: away as well, isn't he? So is Kevin Dickey.
1: Yes, I really do think. Actually, I've changed my Leicester Exeter. I think Leicester will do Exeter, and I think Newcastle will beat Queens.
0: So, so to run through, you think that Saracens will take a victory over Bristol Bears. You think Leicester will beat Exeter. You think Northampton will beat Gloucester. Worcester will beat London Irish. Sale will beat Bath, and Newcastle will beat Harlequins. Yeah. Interesting.
1: on any of those
0: so that hold me to it well we will review these on our second podcast um and in the meantime if you want to check out some more content head over to at rugby collective on twitter facebook and instagram and we will see you next time